Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff. C70, it's about at C70 on Twitter. With me as always, Tara Nichols from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on the Twitters. We are coming to you just hours, 24, 48 hours, I guess. <laughs> that now till the trade deadline. And Tara, this is a little bit weird, right? I mean, this is July 31st. We're recording this by this point in time. All, every year up to this point, either the trades have been done or the trade deadline was midnight and we'd be talking about trades that are getting done right now. Uh, and instead, we're just kind of in this limbo. Nobody seems to want to make a move until the calendar flips to August and then maybe something will happen. Yeah, it's been very interesting to me watching or listening rather to people try to explain why the deadline <laughs> is what it is this year. And sure, I mean, in the CBA, the commissioner can pick whenever he wants it to be <laughs> within yeah. a range, which, okay. But I don't know that, that I've seen a really compelling reason for why it was chosen to be what it was. Um, yeah, something about, well, teams like to have it not on the weekend and not so late at night and okay, whatever. It's still weird. It still feels very mm. random. Um, but it does feel even more strange that it's been as quiet of a week as it has been um you know andrew benatendi (laughs) being the most significant thing that's happened is not what i would have suspected at this point in time but you know we keep hearing there are a lot of talks happening maybe it's kind of just everyone waiting to see who's going to make the first move well like the second move (laughs) i guess (laughs) uh if if benatendi was the first there have been others um small things done of course including with the cardinals uh, and Edmundo Soso, but nothing that we thought might happen. And, you know, it kind of feels like we've spent all week talking about all the players that might be traded <laughs> uh, without really attaching them to any any specific team that is or is not in on them, which in some ways maybe is nicer because we're not seeing a bunch of stuff that we're going, mm, is that real? <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's real. But it does make for... A, a slightly less interesting last week of July, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, this kind of feels to me with this, you know, being on Tuesday, it's like, as for, for to relate it to my field of work, is those day those years when the 15th falls on a weekend, and so yeah. April 15th, and so the tax mm-hmm. deadline moves to Monday on the 17th or something like that. Uh, the difference being that usually we have pretty much everything done by the 15th anyway and the extra two days don't really matter and instead like baseball they just do everything in those last two days um so the cardinals are in theory talk like you said we saw edmundo sosa move to philadelphia and that allowed for paul de young to come back we can talk about that in a little bit um i'm fairly confident I can't say I'm 100% confident, but I'm fairly confident that's not going to be the only thing the Cardinals do this trade deadline. Um, There seems to be a little bit of two camps breaking out on Twitter. Um, There's one side that wants Juan Soto. I mean, everybody wants Juan Soto, but, you know, (laughs) that wants to focus on let's make that deal. And then there's another side that says Juan Soto is great, but they need pitching this year. We got to focus on pitching. Where do you come down on that? You know, I've spent all week kind of trying to figure that out because the last time you and I talked, we were basically saying 
ha, this Juan Soto rumor is kind of funny. Exactly. And it clearly became more than just a rumor when John Mozeliak went to D.C. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't make all those road trips. And this one he did clearly with an intent to have some conversations there. I think when we talked about it the last time, it was really in light of some national writers and reporters saying, hey, look, if someone wanted to make a move for Juan Soto, the Cardinals are uniquely positioned as one of the few teams that probably has enough to get it done. But that was kind of it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that has obviously changed over the last week or so and become, hey, the Cardinals clearly have like real interest in seeing if they can get Juan Soto. And there's part of me that, like everyone else, thinks, man, if you have a chance to get Juan Soto at 23, yes, I know there are only two additional years remaining on his contract, and who knows what kind of money a Scott Boris client is going to require to stay somewhere to extend that contract, whatever. That's that's a totally different conversation. But it's one of the most promising and already proven young players in the entire game when he probably hasn't even reached his prime yet. <laughs> how, how are you not interested in making that happen? Especially when you can plug him into a lineup that has, like we talked the last time, you know, the, that veteran experience of Paul Goldschmidt, kind of that current stardom of Nolan Arenado, and then add a Juan Soto to the mix. And all of a sudden you have a really interesting trio of star quality players and that's not to mention whoever ends up still on the roster from the the rest of the youth, right? Whether it's Nolan Gorman or Dylan Carlson or someone that's still in the minor leagues that we'll see next year or the year after, that kind of thing. So that part of me thinks, man, you absolutely go after it if you're one of two, maybe three teams that has the pieces to get it done. You absolutely make that attempt. But then I think in terms of the pitching that's been a glaring issue all season. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when we had talked about it in the off season, it was a glaring issue coming into the season. A lot of people, myself included, felt like that was, it's not a surprise that the starting pitching has been a weak spot in terms of consistency, in terms of, you know, health and, you know, all those, all those pieces. Right. So when Jack Flaherty became really non-existent in that starting pitching uh, rotation, uh, the the need for uh, not just a starting pitcher, but someone that would really elevate the quality overall of the pitching staff became very clear in terms of this season. Now, that was a very long-winded way to get to my answer to your actual question, because I think where you fall in terms of get Juan Soto at all costs and don't worry about him, go get pitching – depends on if you're thinking about this season or about the next couple of seasons, Mm -hmm. right? Are the Cardinals one starting pitcher away from being a world series contender? I don't know. Maybe depending on how that would stabilize the rotation and then allow other pieces to fall into place in the bullpen to move people into the positions they need to be in there. Are they Juan Soto away from being a world series contender? without some help on the pitching side of things? Probably not, even though they might be a lot more fun to watch offensively. Um, If they give up more runs than they score, it doesn't matter if Juan Soto's on the team at all. So 
I think in terms of, wow, what could the Cardinals be for the next two and a half years? Yeah. I think Juan Soto is the more enticing option. If I think about this season specifically, the glaring need is pitching and and like really good top tier pitching. I don't know if they can do both. I don't. I know they have talked about wanting to do both and have reportedly been involved in conversations about both. Um, I don't know what that what that looks like in terms of decimating the rest of the team <laughs> in order to get those two pieces. So I don't know. I think I, I lean more towards being more intrigued by Juan Soto than by some pitching to maybe help them overcome some of their faults this season. I think when I look at it in terms of, oh, the last season for Yadier Molina, the last season for Albert Pujols, potentially for Adam Wainwright, we don't know that for sure yet. Yeah, it would be nice for them to go out on top. It would be nice for them to go out as division champions, at least, um, if not making a, a run at the playoffs. But I don't know if I'm super convinced by the rest of this team's performance that they're going to be able to pull that off consistently enough to overtake some of the teams that are a bit more rounded um, in in their overall roster. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm working through this as I'm talking to you because I don't know that I, I land squarely on one side or the other because I do clearly think the Cardinals need pitching for this season. But I also really love the idea of the Cardinals being the team to go get a young guy who's not yet past his prime <laughs> and see what happens with, with that guy in the lineup. Um, but I, I don't know if I think they can pull off both. Yeah. I Here's where I'm thinking, you know, this is not last year when Max Scherzer was on the market. Um, there's not, as far as we know, not really a huge top tier guy. Now, you know, maybe you could argue that Frankie Montas is. I'm not 100% sold on that, especially with his health issues. Um, and not that he wouldn't help this team, don't get me wrong. But I am afraid, especially after the Luis Castillo deal, which I guess is our other big trade that we hadn't, we didn't mention. So sure, yeah. um, people are making the third big move instead of the first. But, uh, um, you know, Castillo setting a, a standard that if A's are looking for a package that most of which we're talking about using to get Juan Soto, I think I'd just rather get Juan Soto um, right. and see if you can't get a Noah Syndergaard. You know, I don't know what the, apparently the Giants are talking about selling and talking about Carlos Rondon. Um, a guy that I think some of us expected the Cardinals to try to get in the offseason, which would have been, you know, maybe solved some of this problem, but that's another story. Um, I don't know what that's going to take because I think he is a rental. And so, you know, it depends on what, but still, it, it would seem to me that you could get a couple of guys like that for much less prospect wise. And then you go out and get a guy like Soto that will help you for this year and two years after. And again, I mean, I'm not saying this always happens. I know he's a Scott Boris client, but the Cardinals do have a really good track record of people coming to St. Louis and wanting to stay there. I mean, yeah. if the Cardinals want to give him $500 million. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not taking a discount or anything, but if they're willing to factor that in, and especially after two years of him being on your team, they may be. Um, I, I, yeah, I just... 
I see this. And I think we've also, we've come to this idea that the platonic ideal of an outfield is Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, and Dylan Carlson, which is a good outfield if it can stay healthy. And I think we're well, going to... Arguably, it's not as good of an outfield as two of those guys plus one Soto. Very true. Even as good as it is. I don't know that you could make the argument that it's right. as good as it would be, you know, when you plug in the offensive advantage of one Soto. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you could argue whether that upgrade is worth what you're going to have to pay for or vice versa, but still, I think you're right on that. But again, we don't know what Harrison Bader's going to look like Mm -hmm. when he comes back from this plantar fasciitis, if he does. I mean, we're still looking at, I mean, we're not going to see him till end of August, right? By now, I think they're still talking about a week or two in the boot. Mm -hmm. And even if he's perfectly fine at the end of that, he's got to go out on rehab. So you're looking at maybe a month of him this year. Tyler O'Neill, you know, love the guy. But so far this year, it's been play for a while, get hurt, play for a while, get hurt. You know, even this weekend, we saw him proactively, and I don't blame him at all, but he started to feel something in his legs and he pulled himself out. And that's probably a good thing because we didn't want to go back on the injured list. So, I mean, yeah, I just, I see what this team has and boy, I just, yeah, you're right. I don't think, I don't think one top top tier pitcher necessarily pushes them over the top, but if you can get Soto and a couple of guys, or at least even just one to to shore up that rotation. I mean, I think you win some eight to seven games and you win some games that, you know, and, you know, hopefully you get more performances like you got today with Andre Palante, who's, I mean, he's not going to go eight scoreless all the time, but, you know, if he could even go five or six or six innings probably on the regular um, and be competitive, that helps. Um, I just, if they're not going to go get Soto, I don't want them to spend a lot of the same stuff trying to get a starting pitcher because I just don't think the value is there. Um, Especially as a rental. You know, that that's the right. thing for me with a pitcher. That, are you really going to go out? Is this team one rental starting pitcher away from greatness? I don't know. <laughs> are they way more interesting if you make the move for Juan Soto? Absolutely. Now, will the Nationals take what the Cardinals can offer? That's a totally different part of the conversation. Right. Right. And that... Uh, you know, it seems like we're getting reports tonight that the that there's no guarantee that Soto will be traded, even though about three days ago it was like he was all but gone. Now it's getting closer. It's like, well, he might not get traded after all. And I'm like, well, we've just wasted two weeks <laughs> of baseball oxygen talking about this. If it doesn't happen, it's going to be quite disappointing. There also was a little bit of that rumor, and it seems to have kind of faded off now, that the, the Angels were looking at maybe – seeing what the value of Shohei Otani was, Um, which would be intriguing, of course. But my, (laughs) my hesitation with, with Otani is yes, he could hit and he can pitch, but if he gets hurt, you lose, you got to fit two players to replace him, you know, and it's no one, the Cardinals, (laughs) you know, I'd hate to run the rest. I mean, he's a talent. He's also got one, he's one year closer to free agency, but, it doesn't seem like there's much traction has gone there, but I, I, I don't know. I'd be a little bit hesitant as much as fun as it might be uh, to have him be the big 
straw too. Yeah. First of all, I would just like to say once again, the fact that the Angels have had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, mm-hmm. two of arguably the best players in the game, and they're just totally irrelevant. <laughs> it just it blows my mind that this is still where the Angels live in the baseball landscape. But nonetheless, and they had Albert Pujols. Granted, a, uh, yes. a lower Albert Pujols, but Albert Pujols for a couple of those years. Yeah, and and those those two those three players are not the only ones that should have made the Angels way more exactly. competitive than they have been in exactly. gosh a decade plus. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it just it does not make any baseball sense to me but nonetheless back to the issue at hand yeah otani is fascinating i think otani is such a novelty in the sport that you'd be crazy not to be interested in what he brings to the table because he's legitimately great at both things and that doesn't happen in this sport i mean there's it's just such an anomaly um but i tend to agree with you on both fronts i don't think the traction is there quite as intently as it has been um, on the Juan Soto front. Maybe that's just the publicity of it. Who knows what those conversations are behind closed doors. But I also am not, for whatever reason, quite as invested, if only because, um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I don't really know the answer to that question because I would in no way deny the talent and the advantage of a player like Otani, if you can use him effectively, maybe it's just uh, past experience of players not being used most appropriately um, <laughs> with the Cardinals at times. But, you know, different manager, different times. Who knows what that would really look like? I think, though, maybe that's part of the, the issue is, you know, it took even the Angels a little time to figure out how best to utilize a player like that and how to trust that, hey, if he's the DH on the days he's not pitching, um, you know, he's not going to hurt himself with every swing and then right. be unavailable. The rest. Like there's, there's some serious things that, that are just foreign to kind of the normal day-to-day operations with a roster um, that would be very unfamiliar territory. And maybe that's part of why my hesitation is a little bit like, but do they know how to use him? Cause most people have never had that <laughs> issue. They've never had that opportunity. Um, but you know, I'd be crazy to, to say that that wouldn't be, um, an upgrade in some capacity in both of those, those roles. I just, maybe I I feel like it doesn't necessarily fit the Cardinals needs as well. um, Because, you know, the DH rotation has already been a bit Mm -hmm. strange for the Cardinals. So maybe that doesn't work as well as just swapping in an outfielder. Um, But I, again, I wouldn't complain if they went out and made that move instead. I just, I'm not as clear on how it would make sense in the lineup on any given day as it seems to be with Juan Soto. And I think that's just, you know, the abnormality of the player and athlete that Otani is. Yeah. And you make a good point. I mean, the DH spot has been definitely a spot. I mean, one, that's about the only place you can get Albert into the lineup. <laughs> And Albert's been a very active bat over the last month. Um, But also they have done a a very good job of using that as a half day off for Goldschmidt or Arenado and, you know, basically let them DH one day to take the day off the next. And um, then that was some other players as well. So it's uh, yeah, I, I I don't think anything's going to happen there. Uh, and it may not happen anywhere. We'll we'll have to see. But the Cardinals did make one move. They they moved Edmundo Sosa to Philadelphia for a minor league reliever that we may or may not see this year. Um, more to anything to get Paul DeYoung back on the active roster. 
Um, the young had a very strong run at Memphis, especially as of late. Uh, and obviously has continued that he's hit two home runs since he's been back up with major league club. Um, what do you think we're going to see out of Paul DeYoung? And uh, I mean, again, it may depend on what we happens over the next couple of days. Um, especially if somebody like Anoli Gorman is, is moved, but you know, can he can sustain being productive and will the Cardinals do something if he's not? Oh man, I feel like that's almost more of a complicated question than are the Cardinals going to trade for Juan Soto? Um, <laughs> because look, when Paul DeYoung kind of burst onto the scene for half a season and everyone, wow, everyone went, wow, he's the, he's the shortstop of the future. I think we've seen flashes of that every season, but we haven't seen that super consistently over long stretches of the season. And I think we've talked about this before. There's a very good chance that he's just that guy, that he's a streaky kind of player who maybe gets out of rhythm or who maybe gets in his own head or who maybe, you know, whatever it is. And it takes a while to get things back to where they were. I think what tends to frustrate me the most is when that seems to affect his defensive play as well, where you can tell he's kind of just not, not in the right headspace where he needs to be to make routine plays, much less spectacular ones. But it becomes a huge problem in the lineup when DeYoung goes into one of those long lasting bad slumps and is sort of a black hole for an extended period of time. So it's great that he was able to go to Memphis, find some success, regain some confidence, and then immediately see that pay off once he's back with the big league team. Um, but I don't know that I have an answer to <laughs> is that what we're going to continue to see from him because it hasn't been in the past on any sort of long-term consistent basis, right? Everyone in baseball has highs and has lows and has slumps and and has, you know, streaks where they're where they're Paul Goldschmidt and and his, you know, on-base streak earlier in this year, right? So everyone in baseball experiences that, even the best in the game. But I think what makes the best in the game the best is that those streaks tend to be shorter where they're slumping versus being able to stretch out some of the success in various ways, right? It's not always going to look the same every night. It's not always going to be home runs. It's mm -hmm. sometimes going to be beating out an infield single. It's going to be, you know, turning something into a double. It's going to be scoring from <laughs> scoring from first uh, on something in a gap, you know, those kinds of things right. where they generate that production even when maybe the the actual mechanics of the swing are a bit off from where they'd like them to be whatever it is you know they're able to succeed even when it's uncomfortable um and you know de young really seems to be such a like a a comfort player when he's feeling good about his swing when he's feeling good about you know how he's seeing the ball and all those things he he's you know the, the report was that he even said he felt like he was trying to process too much information and in Memphis, he could just simplify things and that's great. But look, you're not going to get away from information in the way that baseball is no. right now. It's just not going to happen. And and maybe that gives fodder to those who hate the analytic world. <laughs> um, but I've said a hundred times, I don't believe that it's an information problem. I think it's um, how that information is presented that's the problem, right? Because the actual player 
Maybe he doesn't need to know all the X's and O's. They don't need to know all the data. <laughs> they just need to know what it means for what their job is. And if you have someone who can translate that effectively for the individual athlete, um, I don't think the, the data is the problem. The information is the problem. It's understanding who needs what out of that information so they can apply it. And maybe he figured that out. Maybe he was able to go to Memphis and say, okay, I, <laughs> I feel like I've got too much going on in my head. So I need to know, just tell me what to do to, do to get better. <laughs> just tell me what to do to fix this part of my swing instead of trying to feed me all of this information that isn't processing properly. Now, DeYoung's a brilliant guy. We all know that, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe he doesn't need all the information that he thought he needed. Maybe as a, a really intellectual person, he thought he could handle or he thought he needed all of the information available to him. Maybe he's learned, hey, actually, when I'm talking about baseball, <laughs> I don't need it to be rocket science. I just need it to be baseball. And maybe that answers some of his questions and allows him to find some of that consistency. But it's it's so hard to say. It's it's great. Like I said, it's great that he had this immediate success the first two games back, makes everybody sort of <laughs> sigh in relief a little bit that, okay, <laughs> that Paul DeYoung is still in there. Maybe this addition to him back to the lineup is actually going to work out in some you know positive direction because I think even he would admit when he's struggling, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to watch and very difficult to feel good about. So I hope he continues to feel good. I hope he continues to apply those things that he was able to, to change both mechanically and mentally at Memphis. Um, but I think the real test is going to be the first time he does have a bit of a slump and how he recovers from it. Yeah. And I hope that if he does start to slump that we will see, and I think we did earlier in the year, we won't see him run out there every day. Yeah. Um, you know, especially the way the team is constructed now, which is again, may not be what the team is constructed <laughs> the next time they play, but um, you know, with Gorman, with Edmund, uh, with Brendan Donovan, you know, you've got middle infielders that, especially Gorman, need to play every day uh, or at least regularly. And while Gorman can put DH and things of that nature, you know, getting him out there is a good thing. So we have, there are options. You don't have to have Paul DeYoung go 0 for 40 and play out there every day. Um, and I don't think they will. I, I, I really think that especially as much as they're struggling right now overall. I mean, this, this is a team that cur currently is one game out of the playoffs, expanded playoffs. And I thought it was it was kind of interesting that it's pointed out that if the Giants become sellers, there's basically seven teams competing for six playoff spots. So <laughs> if you can't, you know, if you can't win, uh, out of with all this, then there's there's some problems. But um, yeah, I, I just hopefully they will understand how important this is and not give him the the huge long leash of all this. Um, if he is strong, I mean he's going to have to have some. And you know I don't think you bench him after an O for four or right. O for eight. But if it stretches out to an O for sixteen, then yeah, then you start thinking, well, maybe we need to you know alter you know change things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, another guy coming back this week, uh, Yachty went out on rehab, um, played Thursday night, got hit on the hand, uh, didn't play Friday, which I think was maybe perhaps already scheduled, 
played Saturday night, and then, of course, today's game was rained out. So Yanni didn't get a, as much time in Memphis as maybe he wanted, but I can't believe that's going to stop them from bringing him up on on uh, on Tuesday, depending, you know. So he should be there starting and catching Adam Wainwright. Um, what do you think we see out of Yanni for the next two months, the last two months of his career? A lot of standing ovations. <laughs> no first of all i i don't think yadi has ever been the kind of player that's like i need an extended rehab stint to feel like i'm ready to play again this is a guy who plays day games after extra inning night games he's not the kind of guy that's going to be like let me play in games that don't matter um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i i think he in every way is probably just like yeah okay i'm back we did this we played this game i've been gone for a while rested up let me back in the lineup I am I'm interested to see what we do see from him, though, because um, I've talked about this with a, a few people, but the whole Yachty situation has felt very strange this season. And I, I don't know what the details all are. He showed up late for spring training with some, you know, personal issues and whatever was involved there and then spent this significant amount of time um not even in the country, not even stateside, mm-hmm. dealing with an injury, which is so unusual, right? I mean, Yachty's usually like, okay, let me back. Can I get off the, the IL now? Can I can I get back in the game? Can I start every day? What's going on? What, what's the holdup? I'm fine. Trust me, I'm fine. Um, so to see him kind of take that extended time off was a bit strange. And, you know, who knows? what Whatever's going on in his personal life that was um, also part of this whole season, that's certainly his business, but it has felt a little odd in terms of maybe just the overall intensity of Yachty wanting to be there with the team. Um, so I hope we see that that very intense, like very focused Yachty or Molina that is such a difference maker. He brings a lot of energy, even maybe when he's not at his very best on an offensive uh, side of things. Um, I think he means a lot to Adam Wainwright and certainly to Albert Pujols. Um maybe he felt like having them both there was just too much. He was torn between his two besties and he needed some time to figure out. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm clearly uh, making light because I I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Yachty at this point. And I think it's probably the first time in watching the career of Yachty or Molina where I feel like I don't know where his head is at. I don't know if it's as much like, hey, I'm the best in the game, whether you think so or not, and I'm going to prove it to you whether that happens or not. You know, I don't know that that is what we've seen from him to this point. But admittedly, I was not in a position to be able to watch a lot of the early season games. So <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of it, but that doesn't mean it wasn't there at some point. So um, yeah, I think it'll be great for, for the team in general to get Yadier Molina back. I, I will say the catcher position has been uninspiring uh, since since Yadi went on the IL. And that is not to say Andrew Kisner hasn't, you know, stepped up as of late and, and done just fine. I'm not sure uh, Romine is the person that people are expecting to carry the Cardinals to the playoffs. Not anything against him, just not really the role he's expected to play. Uh, so in that regard, Yadi or Molina is that sort of captain on the field type position that'll that'll be good to get back. And I, I hope that there's some shared playing time that keeps him fresh and allows, uh, whether it's Kisner or, you know, at some point Herrera uh, into the game, I imagine it'll be Kisner. Um, 
to maintain some of that consistency. I, I hope they can figure that out. Um, and I guess that's sort of where it, it lands for me. I hope that it's a great final two months, but I don't really know where his head's at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one, I think that Austin Romine's Cardinal career is now finished. <laughs> uh, I believe that he'll be waived since he can't be uh, sent down. He'll probably be waived with Yachty comes up. I don't think there's any need for three catchers on this team. Um, but yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm kind of hopeful that, you know, Yachty's going to catch every Adam Wainwright's heart, of course, yeah. but kind of hoping that Kisner catches probably three of the other four, um, you know, july kisner's hitting 280 um not much power he's got only got a couple of doubles in there but it it feels like he's not the automatic out that he was earlier in the season Mm -hmm. and that's just got to be getting a little bit more confidence getting a little bit more regular playing time not feeling like he's got yachty looking over his shoulder to some degree um you know so i'm i'm hopeful that we'll see a little bit more of of him than we did earlier in the year and even earlier in the year there was for a while there was almost 50 50 split which is you know unheard of for yeah. uh, Molina. um so yeah i think it'll be kind of interesting I, yeah i don't really i don't really expect anything from reality um maybe this time off helps um and i know i've seen you know earlier you know for a while there i wasn't necessarily expecting much anytime Albert Pujols came up to play either and right. now <laughs> it's I mean, I'm still not expecting home runs, although we did see one uh, in Toronto this weekend or this uh, this week. But I, I don't think, you know, I think he's hitting the ball hard enough and getting enough base hits that it's not, uh, it's like, it's not going to be a strikeout or a ground up to a double play mm-hmm. or anything. I, I, I feel a little more confident with him up there. You know, Yachty right now, uh, or at least he was when he went in, I mean, he might get a single, but you know, there's a good chance he's just going to ground out and you're not, you know, in, if a ball's in the ground, you're going to get Yachty and Molina out. Right. Um, and either that or it's a double play ball. And if somebody else is on, so I, Yachty has had a tendency to step up with runners in scoring position, but even this year that, that seemed to be lesser. So hope, I don't know, you know, I don't, but it doesn't, to some degree it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you're playing for a playoff spot. And maybe that does mean you have to let him just play one or two times a week. But, you know, he's still, still got Aaron Molina. And, yeah. and no matter what you're trying to do for the postseason, there's a postseason every year. And I ha- I would hate it if the Cardinals missed the postseason this year. But I also think I would hate it more if they didn't have a chance to really honor and respect Yachty down the stretch like they should. Right. Um, and if that cost them a playoff spot you know i don't like it and i know that there's probably people out there screaming about it but this kind of thing with him and albert you don't get to do but once every 25 30 40 years maybe uh just and we may never get a chance to see this kind of thing unless adam wainwright sticks around for next year (laughs) but after adam Whatever, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. we may not see this kind of thing again. I mean, as as great as Goldschmidt and Arenado will be, and even if they end their careers in St. Louis, it's not going to be the same. Um, you know, you have to hope somebody like a Dylan Carlson becomes really great in place for fifteen or twenty yeah. years. Um, and I, you know, is that going to happen? I think that's asking a lot. You know, we saw yeah. what happened with Matt Carpenter, and that was just ten years. 
So, yeah, I think that you have to, you know, if it, if it requires Yachty playing more than we think he should, well, I think that's just the price you have to pay. Yeah, and I think we expected that at the beginning of the season, so that won't be, you know, particularly uh, strange to see um, mm. because, you know, we knew that going in. And we knew what at, at whatever point Yachty decided this was his last year, there was going to be fanfare. and. Right. I think that's part of the balance that you, that you have to find right in the sport of baseball. People, people love the history and they love the legacy and they love the tradition and they love the fanfare. We all do for various reasons. And you have to balance that with, yeah, okay. We need to honor this piece of our history. That's kind of this living legacy of so many amazing years in the, the team's history with, Okay, but what are our actual goals as a team for this season, not just for Yadier Molina's final year? And, you know, we'll see how they mix that uh, in these last couple of months and and how Yadi kind of wants to play that, too. And, um, you know, I, I guess appreciate every at bat for what it is, because it, it's it's the end. Yeah, that is true. All right. Well, we have gone for a little over 30 minutes and there have been no more trades um, in this time. But I'm period. not sure the plane has actually left Washington, D.C. yet. It does seem like it seems like it may still be on the there. ground. Um, it seems probably more weather related than <laughs> trying to give away Brad, um, Brad Thompson's seats. Um, right. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I see um, Ken Rosenthal just posted an article. So skim that, but I'm sure it's more of just. You know, at least there'll be some rumors. I guess that's, right. you yeah. know, again, we haven't seen heard a lot of those either. So anyway, well, Tara and I should be back with you next week. We'll be talking about perhaps new Cardinals. And if there aren't any new Cardinals, then we'll be talking about that as well. Um, so until then, for Tara, I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.